Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Gospel of Mark by your very own Mark Mosley Jr. So let's get started. Today I want to talk about a theory that I might have. And I think that this theory is the agenda against peace and order. And I'm coming from First uh, Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40. And it says, but all things must be done appropriately and in an orderly manner. And if you go up to verse 33 of First Corinthians chapter 14, and it says, uh, blah, 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 it says, for God is not a God of confusion and disorder, but of peace and order. And I am saying that I believe that there is an agenda against peace and order. And there are quite a few factors that come to mind when I'm thinking about this said agenda. But one of them that really kind of sticks out is I've been watching Jordan Peterson, um, a clinical psychologist and a scientist, um, for about two years now. Just about almost all of his work I've listened to, the podcast, the YouTube videos. Um, I'm, I'm, I am actually about to attend one of his lectures in person here, here in March um, when he comes to Charlotte. And I've watched this man, I mean, do really some amazing thinking. I mean, he's probably like arguably one of the best thinkers of our of our generation of his generation of generations to come um i mean he just takes things in a way that um, i mean your average person just has not done um and i like to pattern a lot of my thoughts off of his concepts and ideas and apply them to the bible of course but look i was watching one of his videos and it was on how he was not an atheist anymore and I can remember the first time that I listened to him. I think it was him, himself and um, James Lindsay, if I'm not mistaken, in this podcast. And they're talking about politics in, in general um, and the, the different things that were going on in the world as, as far as the speech changing and our rights being taken away right in front of us. But most people don't even know what's going on. And they were seemingly looking for a solution, right? And I believe James Lindsay may have asked Jordan, like, hey, what what do you think the solution is? And by the way, you guys should definitely go check out these podcasts because they are just absolutely amazing. But he asked he asked him what a solution was and and Jordan didn't give him, you know, a Bible verse. But I truly feel like everything that he said was in the Bible. It was like you know, loving each other and bringing peace. And uh, I mean, it was just, you know, as eloquently as Jordan is, you know, if you know him um, or if you've heard him speak before, it's like it's, he's going to say it and it, it might go over your head, but you just, you know, Google the words that you hear. But it was amazing, you know, to just hear that. And I think that even outside of the four walls of a church, there is an agenda on just things that have always been decent 
and orderly. And I guess I'm going to kind of break down, I guess, both sides of what's going on outside and in the church. Um, But I think today will definitely mainly be the, the church aspect, because I think that, yes, there are things going on in the world outside of, you know, a religious setting. But I, I do think that God, you know, the, the one true God does matter more. Like he takes precedence. Right. And I'm I'm reading these things and my heart is just, I guess, enraged because I'm I'm seeing things for what they are. And I don't think that that's a common practice right now. And I say that because I'm looking around at the rest of the body of Christ, right? Those of us who claim to like actually be Christians. And I I just don't see the congruency, right? Like, you know, you have scriptures that say that we should be of the same mind in Philippians chapter 2. Um, verse five, it says, have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example of selfless humility. Like, I mean, or uh, I believe Philippians chapter two, verse two, it says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose and living a life reflects and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. And when I'm looking at society and the church right now, I don't see that. I genuinely am surprised at the lack of oneness, you know, that that there truly is. But I think that it's based on what degree, right? I think that there's a certain degree of oneness that the Bible has. And I was um, a part of a Bible study, um, I want to say Wednesday and Friday. And I mean, it was awesome. To end. But one of the points that I was talking about was the standard, right? And that there is a standard. Yet... Like, I think that we've just become so fond of our traditions that we then place the tradition over the standard. Like, the standard doesn't have to be met. So, I, I that's really what I'm talking about today because, I like, like, man, I'm honestly almost in tears thinking about it. Like, I think it has become that serious to me to to really want to tell people, like, man, like, there are things... I think that we actually should be following and we really are not. And actually, we're making excuses to continue to um, participate in these traditions rather than to actually follow the word of God for what it says. And man, I I don't know, it really it really is getting to me, but I want to continue for sure. So I want to talk about a game that I believe is being played and it's called two truths, one lie. I'm sure a lot of us have heard of this game, right? So, you know, you give two truths, you give a lie and then everybody else has to figure out the lie. 
right? So, and then it kind of shows who's really good at manipulation <laughs> because then you look at, you're looking at people's body language and you're trying to check their heart rate when they say certain things or watch their eyes, their eyes dilate or something like that, um, which is always fun in the moment. But then I think about it in a religious sense and I'm like, yeah, we play this game a lot more than we think we do. Um, but then I, I want to give mine, you know, I was like, I am a military service member. I was born in the afternoon. I drive a charcoal Dodge Ram. Ah, you got me. Yeah, I wasn't born in the afternoon. I was born in the morning um, as per my birth certificate. Um, but yes, I do have a Dodge Ram and I am a military service member. So cool, cool, cool. But then I, I think of it in a religious sense. Like I will sit under most sermons and I've sat on quite a few where this game is being played and and let me give you an example right says we have made mistakes jesus never made mistakes we can never be and only jesus can be perfect which one's which one's false because the game is two truths and a lie so it's not that i gave three truths right so uh, don't say that all three of those are true right one of them has to be a lie so the truth is we have made mistakes. Oh, yeah. All of us have fallen short of glory. God was there. Romans 3.23. Yeah. Jesus never made mistakes. Yep. I'm sure we all know that. I think that's the consensus, right, that we've come to per the Bible, that he was tempted in every, made, every way that man was, yet he sinned not, right? But it's like we can never be and only Jesus was perfect. I think we've got it, guys. That's the lie. But like I want to put it in perspective in a broader scale. Right. Because I think that it's not just limited to things like that. It's li it's limited. It's it's not limited to things like that. And it, it broadens or it goes into things like denominations or let's say being religious. You know, the world has um, created other religions outside of christianity right um because christianity start or the word christian starts in um the book of acts um man i don't know why the place antioch um in antioch and so yes that's why we call ourselves christians being that being that we follow christ right christ like so with that it's like okay other other religions were created based on a worldly sense because we believe that we do follow the one and true God. Okay. So with that being said, then when we look at religion in like the Christian church or your, I would say your average Christian church, because I've been to quite a few. So I think it would be average because I'm sure that these people are being taught by somebody else and I just have not been to the church. Right. So, in a in a sense, this is where I think that attack on decency and order is right, because it's it's like the Bible will verbatimly say one thing and then what we think will be a completely different one. And then that's where that two truths and a lie come from, because I believe that we're teaching some truth, but then we're throwing lies in there. And those lies are the thing that like actually go against the Bible. It doesn't be something that you could like debate, you know, like 
did God create all of the planets or so, like something that's just irrelevant? But it'd be like, hey, you cannot be perfect. And the Bible will literally say, go be perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. I mean, I saw a tweet yesterday, just yesterday, that was saying that Matthew 548, Matthew 548, I'm sure if you've ever heard me speak, you've definitely heard me use this verse. But Matthew 548 was the law telling people to be perfect. The law. The Mosaic law, people like, please, we're telling people and it, it got retweets. It was even retweeted by some people that I was like, come on now, like we should know better than this. Matthew 548 is the law telling people to be perfect. So for one, let's establish the environment, right? Jesus, because the, these words are in red. Jesus himself is saying these. And, and we do know that Jesus's main goal was for his own people. So I, I can see I can see how we got there. But just because I can see how we got there doesn't make it right. <laughs> right. So Matthew chapter five, we're saying that the law told people to be perfect. When we go above it, like in this same chapter is to love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Huh? It, are, is that a part of the law? Is that the law telling us to do that? Like it, like what, what are we, what are we really studying? Cause then to me, I think that I, I'm, I'm always going to the, I guess you can say the extreme because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how did you get that? But then I'm sure if I were to ask you, how did you get that we we would tr we would trinkle that back down to god or back up to god it's like okay i came to this conclusion because of god like in general i'm sure people have other words to use in, in that aspect but uh, again the general idea would be that that thought process came from god right but it but it didn't though because the that's not the law but there were some other good things that the guy said in the tweet. So then we we agree with the concept. I, I'm the Bible isn't just concepts like some of this stuff is verbatimly said in the Bible. So I don't get how we come to a conclusion when the conclusion has already been made. <laughs> it's like, hey, be perfect. Oh, nope, can't can't do that. And it's like, hey, what do you guys think perfection means? Like, oh, we don't really know. Or we think that it's being completely sinless. It's like, well, that's not what it means. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's so confusing. You don't really want to just dive into it. It's like, what? Well, why would you talk about the thing you don't know about? Right? Or at least talk about it in the way Jesus did, right? So you don't know what perfection means. Say you don't, you've never heard Mark Mosley Jr. say that that is spiritual maturity that he's talking about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. You've never heard that, right? So let's establish that environment. You've never heard me say that. You, you don't know that. Yet you see it in the Bible as Jesus saying, be perfect. How do you read a command, hey, be perfect, and you interpret that as, I cannot do that? Like, like, think about that. 
And so that takes me to the point of delusion, right? Because delusion is us looking at verses, looking at things in the Bible, and then clearly saying that we don't see them. Like, think about that. Because we're just we're just coming up with things like we will read be perfect. And in our minds, we will say, nope, can't do that. And maybe. This has something to do with Second Thessalonians chapter two, because I was reading this earlier and it was saying how. OK, I want to say I, I think I'll start at verse 10. I mean, chapter two is already amazing, um, but verse 10 uh, so let's start at nine. Even him who is coming after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, verse 10, and with all deceivableness and un- of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this, verse 11, and for this God, th- and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So to me, righteousness would be, you know, right standing with God. I hope it would be the same for you as well. So then my question becomes, it's like, do we think that saying and believing things outside of what the Bible says is unrighteous. So if you say that you cannot be perfect as a Christian, do you not see that as unrighteous? If you say that religion is bad, but the Bible says in James one twenty seven that pure religion, well, clearly it's pure so, I mean, I mean, that's self-explanatory, right? But it, it has a definition. Religion has a definition in the Bible. And then our definition does not match that. Do we see that as unrighteousness? Not that you're not saved. So I'm not saying that. Let me throw that PSA out there. I'm not saying that you're not saved. But we don't see that as an act of unrighteousness. We, we, do, we do we see it as such? Because that was one thing that I was talking with my wife about was like, I I don't think that the words we use because we trust whoever taught us those words and we then start to regurgitate them. We don't see it as sin because we trust the person who told us in the first place. And I mean, I think about Adam and Eve, right? It's like you don't see what you're about to do as probably the worst sin to ever be committed because it took you out the garden of Eden. But you had to trust the person who told you it was okay to eat the fruit, which at the time was working under the influence of Satan. Like, do, do we not see the, the correlation here? Like we, we don't see the correlation. It's like, we're, we're trusting the wrong thing because it sounded right. And then we start to say it, even though we will, we'll literally see the opposite in the Bible. So then if I'm like asking people if they the Antichrist, they'll start looking at me crazy. Because I'm like, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. 
It never said that the Antichrist cannot say anything, you know, truthful. That every single thing that comes out their mouth is a lie. Because we we have to remember that Satan is the father of lies and half truths. Hold on, hold on, half truth smart? Yeah, right. So doesn't that sound like the game two truths and a lie? Oh, so why so wouldn't it be Satan? Satan's plan, at least, to tell you that yes, you've made mistakes. Jesus never made mistakes. So we could never be perfect, and only Jesus can be perfect. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's right. But he's the father of half-truths. Something in there has to be a lie. We clearly have made mistakes. Jesus has clearly not. So then it has to be the last one. It has to be. It's like this man, this man, Satan, went to Eve and saying, or not Satan, but the serpent. We can deduct that that was Satan, but it doesn't say it verbatimly. So, and that's, you know, just going into the Hebrew and stuff like that. But, you know, we can debate that another day. But right now, we'll just say the serpent because I don't want to say something that I don't know. So, with that being said, Satan, I keep going back to it. The serpent goes to to Eve. She's like, well, he said that, you know, we should not eat or touch of the tree or we'll surely, surely die. It's like, oh, girl, girl, you'll be straight. You good to go. You won't surely die. It's like, just eat that. And she did. <laughs> she did. Then you give it to your husband and ruin ruin your your relationship with God. You ruined it. You ruined You had one job. Well, actually I had many jobs. Just one job not to do, which was to not eat that that fruit, right? But that's the thing to me is like we're we are digesting we are sauteing the fruit we are fried and deep fried and refried the fruit and we don't see it as a mistake because we're just passing it down we're like hey man this is the recipe for that same fruit that eve ate have at it and it's like well no that's that's not the thing to do actually it's actually the the more wrong thing to do but here we are. That's why I believe that there is an agenda on the church against peace and order, because the Bible is telling us these things. And we're just complete. There's a complete ig- ignorance to it. But then that's my thing is, are we really ignorant? I don't think we are. I think that people know what they're doing. That's I think I, I've had this conversation so many times is I, I like the uplifting, you know, uh, understanding. Right. So where I'm like, hey, it's not that you don't understand. You may just understand something else. It's not that you are confused. You are truly thinking of something completely different in in regards to what I may have said. So I don't I don't like disres- to me. There's disrespecting people's you know, intelligence. And I don't like to do that. Like if we're looking at a screen. I don't like to read what's on the screen most times because it's like you can read. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it just helps people pay attention. Cool. But I would definitely give that disclaimer that, hey, I don't want to insult your intelligence if you can read this. But with that being said, it's like I, I think that we've just gotten away from an actual standard in the church. 
Like, it, you can believe what you want to believe because someone before you who influenced you believed it. No. Because then I think about churches who are, you're gathered together, 60, 80, maybe even hundreds and thousands of people, right? And you all are, quote, unquote, speaking in tongues at one time. And that's just okay. Why? How is that okay if the Bible clearly says not to do that? And if there is no interpreter, don't do it at all. But when have we seen interpretation of tongues in church, especially, I mean, the churches that I've gone to, I've never seen anyone even attempt to do that. But here we are. Now, nope, I take that back. I actually did watch uh, one of the ministers. She was saying that she was interpreting. And, and I, I mean, I don't know, so I can't say that she was or was not. But I can say that it was way more than one person, quote unquote, speaking in tongues at the time. So it's like, all right, if one thing was wrong, we can almost assume that the other thing was wrong as well. So it's like, I, I think I think that we've just completely gotten away from not ooh, look at me being an extremist. But I, th- I think that we have gradually gotten away from certain standards in the Bible and I don't I don't think that that's OK. I don't think it's OK. I don't think because we have good intentions that it's OK. So I, I want to use this verse as to why I don't think it's OK. James chapter one. And I think I am going to start at. Mm, verse 14 and then 15, right? So James chapter one, verse 14 says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin and sin. When it is finished, bring it forth death. Now I'm going to read this in the Amplified version. Maybe it'll make more sense. Verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust and passion. Verse 15. When the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Wow. So me, when I read this, let me give you my interpretation, right? Because we all have our own interpretations, correct? And so in James 1, I believe it is saying that, okay, if you want to practice one thing incorrectly, it will then affect something else up until death. Because sin is deadly, but sin is not dead, clearly, because it said when sin runs its course. So sin just brings death. But I don't think that we see our sins as sin. So we continue to sin. You get it? So if I'm going to sit here and say, hey, no, nobody's perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. That's a sin. But since I don't see it as such, I continue to say it. And since you don't see it as such, you continue to say it. But then wouldn't that's like two sins already, because then that would be Second Timothy 2.15, right? 
study and do yourself best to present yourself approved to God, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed accurately and skillfully teaching the, the word of truth accurately. So that will be us inaccurately teaching the word of truth. Hmm. That's interesting. So that's, that's two, two things that you're doing wrong right there is lying <laughs> and then inaccurately handling and, and teaching the word of truth. But, but we don't see this. It can grow if you don't get rid of it. Right. If you don't if you don't stop that, it can grow and it may not grow for you because it, it may not be that you decide to leave the faith. But it may be the person that you're talking to may never have actual faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans. Right. That's that's in Romans. Romans ten seventeen. Make sure. Double check. Yep. So Romans ten seventeen is like hearing by the word of God. But not being perfect because of sin is not the word of God. No matter how good your intention was, that's not the word of God. So this, uh, this agenda, I'm like, where is it coming from? Because I think, and I think that we know where it's coming from. It's just, we're turning a blind eye to it all. So that way we don't have to change what we do. So the way we can keep you know, speaking in tongues in our many groups all together at one time, because, yes, that's right. That's OK. Because we're we're edifying each other and building each other up in the spirit. No, it's <laughs> not what the Bible says. It's not what the Bible says, man. What what are we doing? What are we doing? And uh, it just. It pains me. It it really does pain me to to see this in our churches and just I mean it's running rapid because it's, it it sh- it should be that we go to any church. We shouldn't have to have a church home. We should be able to visit any church and be able to be influenced the right way. Because to me, that we have now traded certain ideas to to then do what we want to do right because it's like for us to agree with denominations i mean we would just have to overlook first corinthians right we just have to overlook that but we to me we've traded it. it's not that we've overlooked it it's we've traded it for something else but to me, it that same trait is the same trait Eve made with the fruit. It's like, you know it's wrong, but then you accept the lie so that way you can make it right. Hmm. Hmm. Because to me, that's then 2 Timothy 3 and 5, holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, Although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Hmm. When I'm reading these scriptures, I'm like, okay, clearly somebody's going to be doing something wrong. But it's never us. It's never actually us making these mistakes. It's, It's just everybody else. And so when I'm looking at how we're looking at this and how we 
hmm, decide what doctrine we'll teach. I'm like, are we literally like going to just deceive people? Because it that's essentially what we're doing. But we're picking and choosing. But that's the thing is like I don't I don't know where we stand because when I'm looking at this, the Satan gives truth too. Cause then I'm thinking like, hey, okay, well, denominations. Well, you could preach that and then still be leading people to Christ. But it's like, well, are you though? Because Satan also gives truth to lies. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, it's not me trying to trying to make the argument against you for no reason. It's like, hey, man, like I think that we shouldn't be doing that. So I'm, I'm trying to be with you, not against you. That's my point. But the point also is I, I we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be saying things that aren't in the Bible, man. Like and we definitely shouldn't be saying things that are in the Bible and it be opposite as to what we said. Right. But here we are. It's like we're just saying things. And because they get a good reaction out of the church, we continue to say them. I mean, why, like there's just there's a lot of things that come to mind. Wow. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to go any further. I think this is where I will stop. But, man, I think that I think there's so much more there that they were missing because I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of Satan. Maybe it's because of the cycles we want to put ourselves in this this box that we put ourselves in because we're all in a box, but I think it's how big is that box, right? So it's like, I, I don't, I'm still figuring it out as to, you know, where to pinpoint and where to, you know, deduct if a person really is saying that they believe or if they're trying to deceive me into thinking that they believe, right? Because it's like the Bible is telling us to be a way and then we're like, no, we're not going to be that way. So is that not us following the Bible, right? You know, some questions to provoke some thinking. But yeah. And once again, I want to extend to anyone who may think of themselves as someone who doesn't believe. I want to extend Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Jesus Christ, Son of God, and you was risen from the dead for our sins and with Hebrews 11 and one, you know, faith being something that you cannot or may not physically experience right now, but you do comprehend this fact. So no, you have not seen Jesus die in the ground and rise up from the ground and go into the sky and stuff like that. But you do comprehend it as fact. And that is what saves us coupled with grace, which is unmerited favor. So, um, and so you might go throughout the week to learn more about your new belief. Um, I would pray Ephesians chapter one, verse 17 through 23. Um, and that will help you along the way um, because the Holy Spirit will not just allow you to. Well, yeah, he will guide you. So if you accept to go, you will go. I, I truly believe that you will go um, with those verses. So um, definitely check it out. It's that Romans 10, 9 and 10, Hebrews 11 and 1 in the Amplified version. So you can see exactly what I said. 
and then also Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Trust me, I don't take it for granted at all. Enjoy your day and your week, and I'll be back soon with you to speak. God bless.